How about now? Ha <laughs> Sorry, internet family. It's first time back. Forget to turn the mic on. You know, you know how it goes. All right, well, it's been a minute, but I can tell you, you already know what I'm going to talk about to an extent. I bet you know what the first verse is going to be, too. I'll bet you a buck and a donut. Everybody knows we're going to Isaiah chapter 60. Here we go. This is where we're going to start. Ready? Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and a thick darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. I love these verses. They are so encouraging to me. They are like a clarion call for my life, and I hope that there are people here and at home that feel the same way about these verses, that, in the, that these verses ignite in your heart a fire. Like, guys, it's time to go. It's time. Now is the time, and the time is now, and we have everything we need to do exactly what he wants. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on. That's exciting, right? I'm not needlessly jittery up here. I'm excited. <laughs> we want to help people live like Christ. We want people to rise and shine. And here, we want people to know that they can live just like Jesus Christ. That they can be just like Jesus Christ. To walk in power and authority and have magnificent healings and things surround them every day. We want people to step into this. We want to step into this further. Yeah, praise be to God for sure. How we do that here at Grace, we start by teaching people who Jesus Christ is. Then we show people what it looks like to live a life of purity by our example. Not a perfect life, but a life of purity, right? And then the first thing we endeavor to do is give people, those people that we're teaching and that we're exampling to, an opportunity to serve and do the exact same thing that we're doing. Our theme this year to encourage this has been two words, by faith. Say that with me, by faith. By faith. faith. All right. It is by faith that we will help people become more like Jesus Christ. That by faith, we will live like Jesus Christ. By faith, we will work heartily as unto the Lord. By faith, we will speak boldly as we ought to speak. And by faith, we are going to step out on the promises that God has made in his word for us. By faith. Now, fortunately for our congregation, I'm the only person here with a propensity to overthink, right? Thank God for that. No? No? False? Oh, man. All right. Well, that's good. So if there are other people that have uh, become proficient in uh, overthinking, maybe stewing a little bit, um, well, that's good that you're here. If, we, if, if I'm not the only person that can make a mountain out of a molehill, we can all learn something new together today. Right? Ready? Here we go. If I'm real with you guys, I got to tell you, by faith can be a little bit scary because I don't know what by faith might bring. And so I may be a little hesitant to step out on faith because I'm a little afraid of what I might be asked to do. It's truth. Last week, Garrett was telling us about our attitude and how sometimes we just feel off. 
And one thing that he pointed out is that much of what we feel is determined by what we're ingesting, right? That whether consciously or unconsciously, we are consuming things that later manifest themselves in our actions, right? Jesus Christ said in Luke that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It is out of the abundance of what we consume that we fill our hearts. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Ready? (laughs) It is out of the abundance of the heart that your mouth speaks, and it is out of the abundance of what we consume that we fill our hearts. Simply put, our input equals output. Also pizza, but yeah. (laughs) Not just food, no. Content. So that got me thinking about what I spend my time consuming. And I am guilty of consuming my own fear. I will sit in my little panic room of fear and I will play ad nauseum every worst case scenario until I can't move. Now, how many people know that that's not a great way to spend your time? How many people are also doing that from time to time? Okay. That's not just me. All right, cool. So I want to address fear today. And I want to demystify fear, okay? And I'm going to help you guys to do the same in your lives so that we can rise and shine. Because the thing that keeps us from doing that is fear. Whether we want to admit it or not, that's exactly what it's doing. Fear roots itself, tells a lie, then you believe that lie, and then it prevents you from moving on and doing what God has asked you to do by faith. Not by, not by understanding. Not by comfort. By faith. So we're going to look at fear today. Now, when I say fear, I, don't, I do not mean reverence and respect. Like in Proverbs, right? It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That, for, that fear means reverence or respect. So what, what is being written there, it happens a couple times in Proverbs. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? That fear is respect. It's the respect of the Lord. It's the reverence of the Lord to put him first and him above everything else that leads to the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. That's not what we're talking about. And we're not looking at the noun form of the word fear, which if you Google it, looks like this. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause pain or a threat. This kind of fear, while not entirely enjoyable, is actually pretty good because it's the thing that keeps you from walking over the edge when you're walking close to the edge, right? It's that thing that in the pit of your stomach, that really uncomfortable sense when you're on the top of a ladder with your hands above your head, that, okay, sometimes that might save your life. It's not a bad thing. It's not a great thing. It's not enjoyable, but that's not what we're talking about either. (laughs) Maybe like when you're hanging a protector. I don't know. I was in there. The Lord did it. Um, so, so if I'm not talking about fright fear and I'm not talking about reverence fear, I must be talking about something else. Well, the verb form of fear can be manifested as a feeling, right? Laura, do you like public speaking? No. No. Now, is that because you inherently believe public speaking to be dangerous or a threat to you? Okay. So it's got to be something else, right? All right. Well, the second definition of fear is the verb form, right? It is an anxious feeling. It's an apprehension triggered by a possible or probable situation. Okay? Now, I believe that this kind of fear is well known to everyone. And that it's a primary driver, like I said, behind people not moving forward in faith. 
But what if today you could just say no? What if today was the day that you said there is no fear here? It's a good day, day, right? You can answer. I'm asking these. These are not rhetorical questions. These are like legitimate questions. What if today you could say there's no fear here? Anybody going to go home and do something different if you didn't have to fear the outcome based on what you think it's going to be? Come on. All right. Then I'm going to do that. In order for us to rise and shine, we need to recognize, confront, and root out fear in our lives. And we can absolutely do that. We've been given the tools and the, the understanding and wisdom to do exactly that. And so that's what we're going to do today because fear stands in direct opposition to God and his word. So if it stands in direct opposition to God and his word, then it cannot have a place in your life. And it cannot, it can certainly not, it will, will not have power over your life. Draw the line today. Today is the day. There is no fear here. No, not today, Satan. Nope. Anybody see that coffee mug? Not today? Yeah. No, seriously, not today. Today the fear stops. Today we grow up. Today we own the thing that Jesus Christ did for us in a way that frees us. There is no fear here. So let me submit for your consideration another definition of my own for fear. A response caused by the lack of information or lack of understanding. A poor way to spend your time and energy. Okay? That's how we're going to identify fear is a poor way to spend our time. It's not doing anything for you and it's certainly not accomplishing much for God. And really what the root of it is, in most cases, in my experience, the root of fear has been a a lack of understanding. I don't know what's going to happen. So instead of doing anything, I'm going to sit. What does God have to say about fear? In 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy rather, sorry, God says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In other translations, that sound mind translates to uh, self-control. That you are not controlled by fear. Your mind isn't riddled and frantic because of fear. Your mind is sound. Your body is in control because you have been given a spirit of power and of love. Interesting that fear is the only feeling that God points out here. He didn't say, I haven't given you a spirit of fretfulness. He didn't say, I haven't given you a spirit of uh, a lack of self-esteem. I haven't given you a spirit of busyness. He said a spirit of fear. So if not a spirit of fear, then what? What is the spirit that we have, that we have, that has been given, that has been given, guys? The spirit of power and of love. What a beautiful juxtaposition. What we don't have and what we do have. Very clear. There's no, God isn't in the background like, well, you don't have a spirit of fear. Good luck finding out what you do have. <laughs> that didn't happen. God's like, you don't have a spirit of fear, but guess what? You do have power and love. First John 4 says that there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. That's kind of a dramatic statement, right? If, there is no, if there's no fear in love, well, 
I'm just going to connect the dots here. If there's fear in my life, what's missing as a result of that? It seems like a pretty binary relationship. Like when light casts out darkness, if love casts out fear, then those two things can't occupy the same place at the same time, can they? So that means one part of my life can't be consumed in fear while another part of my life is claiming that God is so great. Sorry if that's confronting to you guys, but man, I didn't write it. (laughs) This is just truth. And the thing about truth is you can't argue it because you don't like it. Love casts out fear like light casts out darkness. Okay? Now, we don't use this realization as an opportunity to hold ourselves in condemnation. We use this realization as an opportunity to recognize that there's more, that there's a greater thing, that now I've found a problem and I know how to root it out. If I know what the cause is, then I know what the the solution is. So what do we do? We put on truth. We stop, we start regulating, and we stop using lies like gasoline on the fire of fear in our lives. Stop using lies like gasoline on the fire of fear in your life. That's a choice, folks. (laughs) How do we do this? Right? What's the first step? Well, Romans 12.2 gives us a good, a good starting place. In the NIV, it reads, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many people have turned on the news in the last 60 days? How many people have seen or consumed in some way someone else's perception of fear in the news? Everybody, because you can't turn on the news and not be frightened by something, right? <laughs> like even the 10-second blips like coming up, you'll never guess what will be in your home and that'll kill you tomorrow, right? Like, that's the, that's the bait. That's the clickbait. We don't even, well, I better watch it so that I know what to be afraid of when I get home. I was at the, I was, I was at the dealership, car dealership getting my oil changed on, on Friday. And I'm sitting here watching E! Because it's on. I don't have the remote. And I'm watching people just be like freaking out. And, there, and this was no joke, a tagline. Ten things in your house that will kill you next week. (laughs) Ten things in my house? Like, yeah, probably. I mean, so I'm sitting here consuming this nonsense. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. And everybody else is glued to the TV as well. Like, oh, I'm going to throw away my dishwasher and my silverware and all these are all things that are going to kill me. Sorry. Get tangential quick. All right, so what do we do? We stop conforming to the pattern of this world. It's a pattern, right? And we can stop it. How do we stop it? Change the channel. That's the first thing to, that's the easiest thing to do, right? Stop consuming it. Why? Then, when we do that, when we stop that that, uh, conforming to the pattern of the world, then we're able to test and approve what is God's will, what is good and pleasing to his perfect will. When you're fretting, and you're stewing in your own sweat fear, fear sweat, uh, how, how functional are we at like holding up that which is true? <laughs> I can, not good, not good. All right, Ephesians 4.22 says to put off your old self. So we're looking at, right, we're, we, we have recognized that there's a, a spirit of fear that we don't, we're not supposed to have, so how do we get rid of it? And that's what we're looking at, right? So Romans 12 says that we're going to uh, stop conforming. 
Ephesians 4, 22 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in your minds, right? Why? Verse 20, 24, to put on the new self. So we put off the old so that we can what? Put on the new. Remember when Garrett had uh, that weight vest up here? And he was talking about how if he's wearing one that's, cut, that's weighted, right? You can't put on the other one, the business suit, <laughs> the, the one that's meant for going out and, and facing confrontation over the weighted suit, right? So we've got to what? Strip that off. Why? So we can put on the new self that is created. The new self is already created, okay? So let's establish one thing. This is not something you're learning to do. This is not something you have to build out and then put on. It is something that is built, and we just put it on. The new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So this is great because now you get to put on something that you weren't responsible for building. So you don't have to worry about whether or not it's functional because he did it. You're just putting on what he's already designed in righteousness and true holiness. So the purpose of putting off is so that we can put on. We put on so that the focus of our mind then can change from fear to the likeness of God. What's the likeness of God? Well, thanks for sticking around. Here we go. Ready? 1 John 1 says, This is the message we have heard of him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness. The nature of God, the likeness of God that we're putting on is light. And we know what light does to darkness, right? And we know God is love, right? All right, so let's all connect the dots. If God is light, darkness is gone. If God is love, fear is right, come on, here we go, see? No darkness, no fear. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For freedom, Christ has set you free. Now stand free and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So is it possible to go from fear to deliverance back to fear? Sure, otherwise this verse wouldn't be in here. So what do we have to do? What's our responsibility now? We put on that new we get free, and then we stand fast so that we don't submit again to that yoke of fear and slavery. The ERV reads, we have freedom now because Christ made us free, so stand strong in that freedom. Don't let anyone force you into slavery again. Now, are people going to stop being negative and fearful because you got delivered? Unfortunately. I mean, even when we're being our best examples, there are people that are just not on board. But does that mean we have to then go back to being fearful? Does that mean we have to let the the weight of their words impact the freedom we feel, the freedom we have? Because this is more than just a feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's just truth. And like I said, you can argue truth, but that doesn't make it stop being true. John 8, 36 says, if the Son has set you free, you are truly free. Free from what? Free from fear. That includes both doubt and worry, guys. Okay? That's a twofer. Fear, doubt, and worry. Sadness, free. Condemnation, free. Sin, free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. You can't be bound in slavery somewhere and free somewhere else because then you're still bound. So if you are free, then you are truly free. If you're sitting in a prison cell and the warden comes down the hall and opens your cell door and he says, free to go, pick up your stuff on the way out, 
Who's a, who among us is going to stand up, close the door, and go sit back down on our rack and just wait? Okay, here we go. Ready? If Jesus Christ has set you free, stop closing the door of your prison of fear. Stop. Jesus Christ came and opened that cell door and said, you do not have to fear anymore. It's over. You're done. Walk out. And every time we get tricked, we just go right back to that door and close it and say, nope, that's all good. I'm, 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 I'm just going to sit here. But you've been free. Don't sit back on that bunk. These are truths. These are just truths, guys. You can't argue them. I mean, you can if you want to, but you're wasting your breath. It's not going to change anything because that's what the, the neat thing about truth is. Whether you like it or not, it's not going to stop being truth. If you disagree, if you dislike, if you don't believe it, well, I'm sorry. But guess what? You can change your thoughts. So this is the first step. I'm going to change my thoughts. I'm going to recognize fear. I'm going to put that fear in its place by speaking truth to it. And then I'm going to change my thought. So let's start by changing thoughts, right? Say this with me. I'm free indeed. indeed. I am greater than my fear. I am entrusted by God for greatness. I am created for good works. And I am filled with perfect love. Guys, we just read all of these verses. This is truth. When, the, when a lie comes in, this is the truth we speak back to it. When fear comes in, when the motivator of uncomfortable fretfulness comes in, this is the truth that we speak right back to it. Nope, not today, because I'm free of that. I'm free indeed. Hmm. All right. Um, Daniel, can you do me a favor and turn the lights off on that pillar? And Garrett, can you turn that light off? And Laura, can you turn that backlight off? All right, we're going to turn everything down. Oh, no, this one. Sorry, dude. This, this tall one. No, I can get it. Thanks. Uh, can you turn all the upstairs lights off too, please? Okay. So here we are. In the dark. Okay? Did truth stop being truth because it got dark? No. Okay. So all those things that we read just a minute ago still apply, yeah? Yep. Okay. Even if we can't see around us? Yes. Especially because when we can't see around us. This is true because what's true in the light is still true in the dark. Now, we can sit here and we can do one of two things. We can internalize this darkness and we can try to uh, find out how we got here and what we're going to do about it and whether or not the worst thing is going to happen. And then when the worst thing does happen, what am I going to do about that? And then how am I going to go back to living my life the way I lived before this worst thing happened? Oh my God! (laughs) Or we could turn the light back on. Daniel, turn the lights back on. Laura, will you turn the lights back on? Do you grab that light for me, please? Look, did anything change? When it got dark in here, did a chasm open up? No. The facts were still the facts. The only difference is that it was dark. We had less understanding. Now, I'll, t- I'll grant you that if we're in the dark, it is harder to go get a bottle of water. But is it impossible to go get a bottle of water? 
No. <laughs> Bring your phone. Turn the light on. Turn the light on. Psalm 119, 105 says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, you may not get to see everything around you, but the word is going to what? Light your feet and light your path. So let me ask you something. Do you need to be worried about a danger over here if your path is right here? No. Is it probably better that you don't know it's there? Maybe. Maybe that's why God is only lighting the feet and the path. All the speculation that we did about what happens when it, when it gets dark is just trying to poke holes in truth that's already existent. The truth is, we have the same number of people here, the same number of chairs, the same safety that we've always had. There weren't any new or additional dangers introduced when the lights went out. Speculation and fear only poke holes or try to poke holes in truth. What's true in the light is still true in the dark. This morning, William, <laughs> William's such a sweet boy, he goes, did you forget about God, bro? To you? No, he was talking to his brother about something. I don't, that's all I heard. I don't even know what the, con- the content was, but it was like, or the context of the sentence. I just heard... Did you forget about God, bro? I'm like, oh, yeah, when it's dark, do we forget about God, bro? <laughs> Did God stop being God because I, I can't see around me? No. Focusing on fear doesn't change the facts either. It certainly does prevent you from being able to put on your new self in the likeness of God. Because if we sit and internalize and just get fearful and then eat and consume that fear, that's it. We're hamstrung. Can't get up. Can't do anything. But God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. So whether or not we see 100% of the outcome of a particular situation or understand 100% of the circumstances of our present situation, it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Because truth didn't stop being truth just because the facts changed. It's the lack of knowing that in my experience triggers fear. But James 1.5 says that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given. If the lights go out but our path is lit and we're worried about something that might be over here in the darkness, we can certainly ask God to put a light on that. Now he is not beholden to that ask to do it and it might be in your best benefit if he doesn't. But You can certainly ask. We can always ask God for wisdom and understanding. Jesus Christ said that you are free, and if you're free, you're free indeed. Everything else is just a detail. They don't have bearing on whether or not God has positioned you in and for victory. Fear just gets in the way and clouds judgment and prevents people from doing what they know they're supposed to be doing. Today, I want to encourage you That fear is stupid. It's a waste of your time. It's not good enough for you. And it can be over today. Today, God's truth says that we are free from fear and that perfect love casts out fear. Let's strip off this fear, arise and shine for God. Repeat this with me one more time, guys. I am free indeed. indeed. I am greater than my fear. 
I am entrusted by God for greatness. I am created for good works. And I am filled with perfect love. It's the truth, guys. All right? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you for your truth. And right now, we break the shackles of fear in our lives according to the works of Jesus Christ. We are not going to close the door and sit on our bunks anymore, God. Jesus Christ, open that door, and we are walking out free. And we thank you for that, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you guys. All right.